Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in, as always, my good friend, Patrick Anderson. Patrick, how are you? I am doing good. Good, good. Um, this is a podcast we've been wanting to do uh, for a couple of weeks now, but we've uh, you know had some things come up, and uh, but we're excited to uh, finally talk about three albums today. Uh, yes. Yeah. So. Uh, been a bit since we've done this format too i think yeah right this kind of three artist format and uh we even had some difficulty trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about because Mm -hmm. uh february 4th 2022 was a really eventful friday for people like us um the new saba album dropped so did the new albums from animal collective uh Mm -hmm. cities of vive um and these three albums that we're talking about today, uh, the latest albums from Mitski, Black Country, New Road, and Rolo Tomasi. So, uh, I mean, we had a hard enough time just trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about. It's been a pretty busy month, pretty busy year so far for music, considering we started with a new surprise The weekend release. Yeah. Uh, hard yeah. enough just to keep up. Um, but uh, I'm really I'm really satisfied with the three that we chose. Uh, you know, I've listened to these plenty uh, over the past couple of weeks or so, and uh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. So, uh, do yeah. you want to go ahead and just get into it with one of these? Let's do it. Let's yeah. dive in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which of the three uh, did you want to start with here? Hmm. Well, I think uh, we should just start with the natural, the natural one that people have been talking about, which is the Mitski album. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of the people here or listening to this, or here for our thoughts on the new uh, Mitski album, and uh, understandably so, uh, considering how much hype and popularity she has right now. Mm-hmm. Um, really awesome that she's gotten this level of like attention recently, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I remember listening to Puberty 2 back, and I think mm-hmm. it came out in 2016. Uh, yeah, it was 2016, yeah. In, yeah, in my old apartment, and... Uh, I never thought, you know, she would get to this level where, uh, I mean, I feel like I could bring up Mitski and, you know, several people would know who she was. You know, I don't feel like she's super obscure anymore. And that's great yeah. uh, because we're both fans of her work. Um, but are we fans of this album? Let's see. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, Mitski is a, in case you don't know, uh, she's a Japanese-American uh, indie singer-songwriter. Uh, Laurel Hell is her new album. It's her sixth album and her first since uh, 2018's Be the Cowboy, uh, which was one of the most acclaimed albums of that year. I believe it was Pitchfork's Mm -hmm. number one album of the year. Uh, I liked that album. Mm -hmm. You you did as well. Uh, Geyser Mm -hmm. is one of the best songs of the past few years, in my opinion. I still love it. I still listen to it all the time. Uh, And... uh, I'm curious to hear uh, your thoughts on this new one because it doesn't quite have the reception of Be the Cowboy, but it's still gotten pretty good reception from critics, at least. Yeah. Yeah, so what'd you think? Yeah, um, I I really like this one for the most part. I think that this uh, has... I have, like, the same issues with this one that I had with uh, Be the Cowboy where like there's certain parts of it that feel a bit unfocused and like mm. uh, I'm not quite sure I don't know they, my emotional response to some of these tracks is like kind of confusing because 
I mean, Mitski's lyrics to her melodies on, you know, Be the Cowboy and this one. This one's a little bit darker than that one was, but they're still quite a bit, there's still quite a bit of juxtaposition between those two things. And that's not necessarily the thing that um, kind of confuses me. I think what it mostly is, is like melodically, it kind of goes all over the place. Mm. And it's so lyrically dense that... Um, it's hard to focus in on like it's hard to focus in on one thing because there's so much production going on. There's so many different melodic changes. There's so many different layers of uh, of blunt and uh, subtle lyricism that you know. Th- this is a thing that is great and uh, kind of a curse about Misky. But overall, I think I I really enjoyed this one. It just takes me a second to really sit down with it and dissect it and you know chew on it for a little while but um yeah i mean i'm 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 liking it quite a bit i think nice yeah i uh, i like it as well uh i think it's fine i suppose um but Mm -hmm. what you said about uh there's a lot going on on some of these songs those are the songs that i find myself gravitated to toward the most uh i Mm -hmm. guess a song like uh, for me, uh, "Working for the Knife" is one of my favorite songs on here, and that's Love because it. exactly, yeah, like it it uh, begins with synth, but then it introduces this sort of piano and guitar, uh, and then it introduces brass by the end of the song. And there's a progression and an evolution that I love about this song, uh, even though there's no chorus to it. It's just five brief verses, and it's a brief song. I think it's only three minutes, maybe not even. Uh, but that's something I liked about the song Geyser, again, from the last album, is in a short time, it had this great progression and evolution to it. What is a little frustrating about this album as a whole is that there are songs that I don't think evolve enough for me, or they seem a little one-note uh, in comparison to some of the more dynamic songs on this record. And I think that's kind of where the main split is for me. Uh, because there's That's a, interesting. Yeah, there, there's a lot of variety on this album, which I like, and I was trying to figure out, okay, why isn't this album totally working for me? What are the type of songs I like on this album, and what are the songs I don't like? And I can't even say it's the dance pop uh, uh, songs, because I like some of those and I don't like some of those. And I can't even say yeah. it's the slower ballad moments, because I like some of those and I don't like some of those. So I was really trying to figure out what it was that separated these songs into different tiers for me. And I think it's that presence of a dynamic evolution or a lack thereof. That's a great point. I mean, it's funny because that's like the opposite of how I'm feeling, honestly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we're like, I prefer some of these tracks that are a lot simpler and a little bit more just bleak instrumentation i mean i think pretty much every track on here nothing's like super skeletal and minimal but that they're in comparison there's some that are a lot more than others and i actually prefer those moments i think interesting i i guess i'm thinking of a song just to name an example uh, a song like everyone yeah i was about to say that was yeah yeah or i guess i guess those are kind of (laughs) those are sort of the two that immediately come to mind but i think you know what i'm kind of getting at at least yeah, well, I think that I mean, for me, it's the it's 
it, it helps to focus in my attention, I guess. And I mm. think Mitski's mm-hmm. such a strong songwriter. Um, that's really what I gravitate towards her. She's, I mean, she's amazing at creating like this really cathartic atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think that her real strength lies in her songwriting for the most part. So on those tracks, I'm like, I'm really drawn into this songwriting that she's doing and it's, it hits me a lot harder. And when it hits, it hits great. Like I, 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 I love Mitski's songwriting. But um, on tracks that are a little bit more uh, production heavy, like uh, the production is generally really great, mm-hmm. and I love the the uh, juxtaposition that she pulls and the weird imagery and subtleties that she is like hinting at. Like "Stay Soft" is a great example of it, um, but. Yeah, I, I get a little bit. Well, I don't know. I, I think I, I just, I think I just get a little bit confused sometimes. Even though I know what it is that I'm supposed to be looking out for, it feels a little self serious. Mm. And to me, I'm like, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna put this seriousness in your songwriting, I kind of I like having minimal production or production that matches up with it to some extent. Um, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it, it's a, it's a hard it's a hard thing because I I appreciate what she's trying to do, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. And when and when she puts a track like Everyone, where it's a lot more subdued and focused on the songwriting, I'm like, why can't we just have more of these? <laughs> like, why do we have to do this whole, you know, overproduced production? Okay, yeah, sure. So like a a song that I mean, if the focus is going to be the lyricism like if, if we both agree that like her lyricism is one of her better strengths so in that case why not uh complement that with some uh instrumentation that sort of showcases you know kind of puts the lyricism yeah. more toward the forefront yeah she's done that in the past i mean puberty 2 is a very dynamic album in a lot of ways but for the most part it's like a straight up indie rock album instrumentally um, and that draws your focus in on the songwriting and the vocal deliveries and things like that. And I, again, I appreciate what she's going for with these uh, more strange, dynamic approaches to like dark disco or whatever you want to call it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes I hear those other subdued tracks and I'm like, I kind of miss this. I don't, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't need this whole, I don't need this whole production when it comes to Mitski. Like, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I guess some of those moments, um, I guess I, I've kind of been referring to them as the dance pop moments, but I'm guessing songs for me, like the only heartbreaker or, uh, stay soft or even something like should have been me. Uh, I appreciate the variety. I even like uh, some of those songs to an extent, but I don't feel that they're the greatest utilization of her talent. And I think some of that might go to what uh, you've been saying about like um, complementing the lyricism with like appropriate uh, production. Um, but a, yeah. a song where I wonder if you and I are taste uh, as far as this album goes, kind of a line, I think might be a song like Heat Lightning. Uh, which is one of yeah. the calmer moments on the record, uh, but also 
has uh, elements that distinguish it from uh, some of the other songs on here. I uh, love the backing vocals, love the piano on this song, especially like in the post-chorus. Uh, so I think this is a good example of Mitski being successful when there's uh, instrumental evolution, at least for me, but also successful when uh, it's a little more subdued and the lyricism is maybe a little more in the forefront. That yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I I wrote on this track actually that this sounds exactly like what I wanted from uh, this album from Mitski. Nice. The uh, the 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 soulful element of it too. Like there's such a soulful singer songwriter, almost like countryfied like element to yeah. to like the melody on this. I love it. I think that it fits so well with. Uh, her songwriting and then the, the production just like it's it complements it so well like i have not really any qualms about the production in general i just mm-hmm. the appropriateness of it is the thing that i'm like a little bit frustrated with sure and so when it hits it's like holy shit this is awesome right no I, this is one of the tracks that it hits on absolutely i totally agree with that um one thing i i guess i like about uh you know, I guess her songwriting, but I guess her lyricism, uh, you said it's pretty dense. And uh, one aspect of that density is that I find that there's a lot of lyrics on here that you can interpret either as kind of nuanced love songs uh, about relationships, getting mm-hmm. into relationships, uh, struggling within relationships, etc. Or you can interpret those same lyrics as like a self-referential meta commentating on her own career um mm-hmm. and I, I forgot to write some of these down i feel silly for not doing so uh but i several songs i was like oh well you could definitely interpret this as like her trying to be uh a, a singer or an artist right now in this particular age uh again on working for the knife there's a lyric uh that to me suggested this sort of frustration with not being able to sing about, you know, whatever you want to sing about because you feel like you need to cater to this audience that you've amassed or to mm-hmm. a record label. I, I love these sort of self-referential moments and uh, I, I appreciate how they're, they're not, uh, I guess they're not explicitly self-referential, but they're blended with this sort of, you can interpret it as a love song. So that way it's not, too much of her kind of complaining about being a musician, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that that's a great point. It's actually something funny that I've seen um, people commenting on with a lot of Mitski fans now, because Mitski's like generated a lot of fans over the past few years. Mm-hmm. I think nobody from Be the Cowboy was like a huge song on tiktok for a bit actually it's funny how that works now it's just a a, a song (laughs) will just become i'll look on like spotify or whatever and they have the most played songs ever by an artist and i'll find one that i'm like i did not expect that (laughs) turns out it was like from a tiktok that went viral or whatever yeah it's Uh, like which is hilarious (laughs) like (laughs) yeah like yeah and tiktok kind of like blowing up mitski is one of the uh Something that I would not have called in 2016 after listening to Puberty 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, TikTok oddly has some good taste sometimes when I'm scrolling yeah. through. <laughs> but, like, uh, I, anyway, I think that because of that, she's, like, amassed a, a, a 
huge following of people that like are maybe not diving into these lyrics as heavily as you know she's people are expecting them to and that's not really their fault honestly i don't i don't blame anybody for not wanting to sit down and dissect everything that they're listening to but it's funny because she's like openly complaining about like a lot of these fans that she's got that aren't respecting some of the messaging that she's trying to put out there and i think she even had a twitter thread the other day that was like please like stay off your phones at my show Mm -hmm. she's got a lot of people that are doing that now and uh yeah so it's i really like that she's doing that but i was gonna say like i think she could honestly benefit from a little bit more pointed like hey Mm. like (laughs) i really don't like this aspect of what you're what you're doing you know yeah, I think that, that that makes sense to me. And I, I saw that same thing. I guess she's kind of following the uh, the Jack White idea of maybe, like... I, I don't Locking know. up phones. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, as a concert goer, I think it would be interesting to go to a concert like that. Um, I mean, I've seen Jack yeah. White, but it was at a festival, so you can't really lock the phones up there. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think I cut you off. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I was just saying, like, I think that um, this album reflects, a, like you you were saying, like she she's talking a lot about her career and like her life as an artist and the good and the bad aspects of um, being successful as an artist. And I think that that's great to to listen to and everything, but it's just kind of funny to see what's happening in real time. And uh, people just kind of not even realizing that she's talking about them when, you know, she's referencing, like, her struggles as an artist and trying to appease these fans that she doesn't even really want to appease. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just saying I think that, that that's kind of funny. And maybe, I don't know, maybe she could just point blank say something on her next album. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of uh, unfortunate that, you know, and I'm not saying she, like, hates her fan base, but you don't get to control who your fan base is, really. Yeah. You, you just kind of put your art out there, and it gets interpreted how people interpret it, uh, and it, that doesn't necessarily always match your intentions. So I'm glad I she's expressing those I, frustrations, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it's tough, too, because you, you obviously got to be grateful you got to feel grateful in some way that you're, you know, you've gotten this like following and people are really getting something out of uh, what you're saying. But then also it's like with Mitski, yeah, there's a lot of layers to what's going on here. So there's, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I don't, I don't want to dive too far in on that, sure. that whole thing, but um, I, I thought it was great that she touched on that on this album, but um I don't know. I think I could use a little less subtlety from Mitski, even okay. though that's, yeah. you know. Where did you have Be the Cowboy at uh, the end of the year uh, back in 2018? Oh, uh, I think it was It was definitely in my top ten. Yeah, it was really it high. Was, yeah. yeah, I really like that album a lot. It's I, I think that the, um, the way she utilized that, like, dance pop, disco-y production, mm-hmm. a lot of it was just, really well done and i think it's still pretty good on this one too but there was a commitment to that album that i'm not seeing as much of on here um yeah i i I wonder if that's somewhat how i'm feeling as well where some of these avenues i've heard on 
Be the Cowboy. Uh, but I guess I preferred it on Be the Cowboy mm-hmm. uh, in, in some instances. Uh, um, so I wonder if maybe that's another thing sort of holding me back uh, with this particular record. But I, I, I do still like it uh, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just to kind of wrap up my thoughts here on this one, uh, you know, I, I think this record's fine. I, in all honesty, I'm probably not going to come back to it much outside of maybe working for the knife, uh, uh, heat lightning, um, a couple of other tracks that I, I found pretty enjoyable. Uh, but I, I, I like the, uh, lyricism on this album, especially, uh, the instrumentation I like, uh, whenever it's a, a bit more dynamic, uh, we disagree on, I guess, which instrumental moments maybe we prefer, uh, but that's all right. And the uh-huh. last thing I'll say before I give my final score is that uh, I don't think we ever mentioned this, but I love her vocals. <laughs> they, oh, yeah. They're yeah. consistently very great, very pretty, uh, often kind of uh, uh, mixed in a way that puts them in the forefront. Uh, so I really appreciated that. Uh, but I'm overall, I'm feeling kind of like a 6 out of 10 on this one. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really like her vocals, too. She's got such a unique voice, too. Like, uh, a really cool, unique blend of, like, uh, talk singing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I like this album. Um, nice. the, there's production elements on, on here that I find really interesting. I, I do generally really enjoy each track for the most part like there's not a track on here where i'm like oh this this sucks um mitski like like not liking a mitski album as much as the last one is still like high praise for mm-hmm. most uh, other artists for me honestly <laughs> just because she's just she's just so talented and she really puts in so you can tell she just puts in so much thought and effort into each project even if it doesn't connect with me as much as the last one um but yeah, overall, I, I really like it for the most part. I just wish that it stuck with me as much as past projects have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll probably end up going back to this and maybe, hopefully it'll stick with me more. But honestly, if I stay at this level, I'd be okay with that. It's not like the best album I've heard this year, but I'm, I'm, I'm pleased by it. So I'm a solid 7 out of 10. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, very nice. Uh, that averages out to a six and a half uh, from us. Uh, no one's ever made this joke. Uh, Mid ski. There that? we go. There, there we go. go. <laughs> now we we both like the album. <laughs> um, mid. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know where I was going. Just leave it at mid. Just mid. 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 <laughs> I get it. You listen to mid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we've got uh, two albums remaining. Uh, where would you like to go next? Let's talk about Rolo Tomasi. Okay, awesome. And it is Rolo Tomasi, right? I think so. Okay, I, I, think, I think the last time we talked about this band, I made Rollo. A, I, I made a very strained uh, Rolo Tomasi Washington yeah. pun, I believe <laughs> I did. Go. And I, I haven't been able to sleep since. Uh, <laughs> Still waiting on that, on that collab there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, that would be something. It'd be uh, 
pretty interesting. It might be an interesting way to shake up the uh, formula on this uh, record here. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into this. Uh, Rolo Tomasi, Washington, is an English, uh, I guess, a kind of experimental rock, post hardcore, mathcore band. Uh, Where Myth Becomes Memory is the name of this album. It's their sixth album. Uh, we covered Mitski's sixth album. We're covering Rolo Tomasi's sixth album. Uh, this nice. is their first since 2018's Time Will Die and Love Will Bury It, uh, which I enjoyed and you absolutely loved. It was mm-hmm. another one in your 2018 top ten. Uh, but what did oh, you yeah. think of Where Myth Becomes Memory? That's a good point. I, I forgot that uh, Be the Cowboy and uh, Time Will Die were in the same year. Yeah, big 2018 podcast going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's appropriate because um, I'm not as in, enjoying this one mm. as as I was uh, Time Will Die. I mean, I still love uh, Time Will Die, and honestly, I don't know what I expected mm. Uh from them i i think that the thing that i love so much about that previous album was just how dynamic and like how each each minute of it was just totally committed into Mm. into one style or another and they switched up these volumes and melodies and and rhythms so seamlessly um, and it really came out to be this cohesive project that was so energizing and very simple in a lot of ways, but also very complex in the production. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still like a metalcore band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and unfortunately, metalcore is not known for <laughs> the most like prolific amount of quality. <laughs> <laughs> But I gotta say, these guys are still like some of the best that I've found in that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't hate this album. I just feel like it's kind of exactly what you know I would have expected <laughs> if it wasn't for the previous album. It, it's just kind of formulaic. Uh, yeah, paint by the numbers, metalcore, mathcore, with some pretty shimmery synth elements in there and some nice vocals but not, there's not really anything special about this one unfortunately yeah this is a uh, jason bateman michael bluth pulling out the dead <laughs> dead dove do not eat <laughs> i don't know what yeah. i expected <laughs> um yeah so this album's kind of weird for me because i don't listen to a lot of like metalcore mathcore you know, this particular genre, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I find their their particular formula refreshing because I don't often hear that. You know, I love mm-hmm. this sort of balanced of sung vocals versus screamed vocals uh, versus backing vocals. And, you know, mm-hmm. with instrumentation that matches that appropriately. Um, but their own formula becomes formulaic i think by the end of the record yeah uh, because they kind of i think overcommit yeah uh, to yeah. that idea yeah. I, I think every song on here you know some of them will start more aggressively with the screaming and the loud instrumentation uh you know i guess the more metal and some of them will start with a more 
lovely, melodic intro, but you know they're going to revert to the other side of the spectrum within this, like every single song. So you kind of lose the surprise element. Uh, and, and that's kind of ultimately what's what's frustrating, is that they don't deviate from their own style enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it feels like they um, listen to all of the acclaim from their past album, um, deservedly so, and then just was like, okay, let's just do that again. <laughs> right. But this time it, it, it wasn't even as enjoyable as it was that time. And right. <laughs> I think they just played it a bit safe and like, exactly. It's, it's not, it's not bad. Like I liked this I, album. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I, I ended up enjoying it. Um, and I think it's a solid project to just throw on, you know, if you're driving around or something like that. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty good, but I don't know. I, I'm just was a little bit like, ah, oh, man. Like, I wish that they would have had one more in them because I, I really think that their 2018 was just one of. The, it was so exciting and it really felt. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt all the catharsis in there and um, all of the angst and big grand moments were really executed well, but. Um, yeah, it's hard because I'm I'm inevitably going to be comparing it to that too. So right, and, and uh, I I often do that, and I don't mean to, but it, you can't help but have that thought pop up yeah. in your head as a fan of the group, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> I'm just going I keep returning to the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of my biggest complaints, I get, and I liked the last record too, uh, Time Will Die. I liked that record, uh, but at that time, what held me back, I think, was specifically I didn't care for the moments where uh, there were screamed vocals. You know, just that half of the spectrum I didn't really care for, but I loved sure. the uh, more melodic aspects of the record. On this album, I the, the screaming part of the record actually have grown on me uh and i, I do like mm-hmm. those and i still really enjoy the melodic i still prefer the melodic sections of this album but that's less of the issue this time the issue this time is that they made you know i love almost always the intro i think it's great but then they made that song 10 more times to fill out the album yeah that, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of my the big issue and i do like this album it's just that there isn't one positive that has as much impact on this record as that one particular negative does. Uh, so I think I'm sounding negative because I'm harping on this one takeaway. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. I'm still very impressed with yes. um, with with their style and um, the vocal delivery especially is, like, it, it's it's still awesome. It's so It's so great to to listen to the uh, uh what's her name eva uh yeah eva Spence. eva uh corman maybe eva corman something like oh, that oh, yeah. well that was different when i uh we'll say eva because we're, we're yeah I'll, I'll look it up i'll look it up while you make your point okay. <laughs> yeah her her uh, like delivery between the more brutal moments and then the more melodic moments is just 
really crazy to listen to. And the instrumentation is generally very layered and really cool and and thought well thought out and everything. But um, yeah, it's just not as exciting thematically as I wish it would have been. Just kind of feels yeah. It just it, this one just feels like a, okay, we killed it on the last record. Let's just play it safe and not mess up. Like that's that's what it feels like. Right. Yeah. You know? And I, that's fine. I'm not too mad about it, but I'm a little bit like ah, oh, shoot. Well. <laughs> yeah, little fan servicey. Um, and just yeah. to kind of uh, formerly uh, Eva Spence, now Eva Corman, James oh. Spence, another member of the band. So I'm guessing maybe siblings and Eva uh, got married and took the name of her partner. I'm just speculating, but maybe, oh, okay. that, maybe yeah. that's what's happening there. Okay, so um, we were both right. Hey, attaboy. Yep, Vir- kind of. virtual high five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, her vocal delivery is... So uh, good. I is, love... It's pretty amazing, yeah. Love the vocals on this record uh, pretty much almost always, not to you know, make a pun off the song title there. But <laughs> especially the harmonies, I think, are just always fantastic. Uh, uh-huh. On a song like uh, Closer, for example, or Closer, you know, whichever, um, uh-huh. <laughs> that song leaned heavily on the spectrum of kind of this more beautiful melodic. And, it, it you know, there's some ascending meme aspects to it, and part of that is because of the harmonized vocals uh, between Ava and... Um, you know, maybe James Spence, who's to say. Um, mm-hmm. Not very much screaming on this song, uh, which I enjoyed, not because I hate the screaming, because it was one instance where there didn't seem to be an equal mix, and it I guess it deviated enough because it wasn't part screaming, part singing. Okay, now we're back to screaming, now we're back to singing. They kind of just leaned into yeah. one side of the spectrum, which I appreciated on that particular song. That's a great point because um, there, this is a classic uh, complaint with like metalcore because a lot of it ha- like has the mix of melodic and and screaming, um, singing, screaming type of that. That's where the screamo tag I think mm. ends up coming from, which is not usually a, a compliment. Yeah, sort of a pejorative term. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, one of the issues that I've found, and I think a lot of people have, is that like there's not a, a lot of times a a consistent balance between those two things, and it feels like you're misusing both aspects of melody and screaming, and it, it totally throws things off, and you don't know wh- where you're going with it, mm. uh, and, and it just makes it end up sounding kind of commercialized, and. I think Rolo Tomasi is really good at like actually finding the aesthetic like beauty in in that, mm-hmm. but they still fall victim to that like sometimes of just like okay we're just gonna make it more brutal here ah we're really aggressive okay now we're gonna pull back yeah take a breath okay and then we're getting back into it and it's like you know it, that can be that can be nice but after a while it's like okay like i don't need to be doing this over and over again right like by track four i have a note saying oh this song's a little too rollo tomasi formula i mean that's track four you know and it doesn't get much less formulaic from that point on yeah that idea of like tension and release is really cool um and i think that i i I still think that they're really great at it, but 
it can be tricky. It can be, you can, I think that you can really quickly fall into the, into that formula trap. And I think they did a little bit here. Yeah. I guess kind of speaking of a, you know, maybe typical medical or, and, you know, formulaic, uh, now I will say I didn't look too deep into the lyrics on this album, but (laughs) the surface level lyrics that I picked up, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, on the outside looking in yeah. there's a lot of you know into the great beyond uh there you know there's a lot of just kind of classic yeah, <laughs> the simplicity yeah. of nothing you know stuff stuff like that uh so i mean i i can't say that the lyrics are like objectively bad because i mean nothing's objective in music of course but i also didn't do enough research on the lyrics yeah but from what i picked up not not the best well they're so they're so vague and they're so (laughs) yeah (laughs) supposed to be painting this picture of you know whatever it is they're wanting you to think of uh depression or Mm -hmm. existential fear or uh just general frustration i don't know frustration with the world or something uh I yeah, I mean like even uh, time will die and something I absolutely love has those those type of lyrics to it mm. and a lot of metal projects that I listen to in general don't have the best lyrics but the uh, the thing that like I usually look for with that is like the instrumentation and the general aesthetic and like vocal performance and all this stuff has to be the the star of the show right because if that starts to fall apart <laughs> then you're left with the lyrics and generally that is not where you want to be at <laughs> yeah that's the world of metal <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point yeah like with uh i focus more so on the lyrics with like hip-hop for example, as opposed to yeah. a metalcore. You know, I'm not coming here for lyrics, but if I'm kind of maybe tuning out of the instrumentation because I find it a, a little standard, then I'm going to focus more so on the lyricism, and then I'm kind of having a negative experience there. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I've found, is that you have to disassociate a little bit from the lyrics already. And also because, you know, in, in most of in most metal music, things are being screamed or growled or whatever at you. So you're not really understanding them anyway. That that's true. Uh, but yeah, if you're if you're not interested in what's going on with the vocal performance or the instrumentation, and then you're like, well, let me look at the lyrics. It's not a good place to be at, usually. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and luckily, I often do find myself uh, captivated by the vocal performance, especially, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. the instrumentation as well. Um, but not always. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess, I, I'll, if there's more you want to say, that's great, feel free. I, I'll wrap up my portion here by saying that mm-hmm. You know, when I took notes for this podcast, I took them on like a crappy rainy day, which was ideal for nice. this album. Yeah. And so this album Perfect. has a nice like time and place aspect to it, and I think that's kind of the uh the fate of this album is that there's a time and a place that I'll listen to it. Yes. Uh, yeah. it's good. I enjoy it, but there's a couple just big negatives holding me back. Uh would still recommend this album if you're curious. Um, but it's like a seven out of ten, and that's like a seven point yep. one. You know, yeah. it's closer to a six than a, 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 an eight. Um, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, 
I'm glad that you, you enjoyed it for the most part, though. Yeah. I was worried that you were going to, like, totally dislike it. Oh, no, I, I, it's good. Uh, I, I do enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, because, like I said, I, I do enjoy this album. It feels like a, a solid effort, um, but definitely a safe effort from from these, this group. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, my, my expectations were fairly high. I was hoping that they would kind of capitalize on what they did with their last album and really push it. And, but you know, that, that's, that's, that's my thing. So yeah, for what I got, I'm decently pleased. And like you said, if it's super cold and rainy outside and I'm kind of like in a bit of an irritated mood or something like that already, this is probably hits like really well. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's just okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, not not too bad. It's uh, I think that's pretty much all I gotta say about it. It's a it's a solid seven out of ten for me as well. Yeah, I think we're pretty much in the same place for the same reasons on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, last but not least, or maybe least, you know, we'll we'll see what you have to say. Yeah, uh, see what we got. <laughs> yeah, the latest uh record from uh Black Country New Road and the final record from Black Country New Road at least under this membership. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Black Country New Road, Ants from Up There. Uh, Black Country New Road is an English uh, post-rock, experimental rock, post-punk, jazz rock band. Uh, apparently now they're also a chamber pop band. Um, as <laughs> okay. I feel like you could just throw in any. You really could, like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, was, I can see that. <laughs> I was like struggling what to call them, and then I saw a couple suggestions, and I'm like, yeah, I could just call them really anything. Uh, oh, they're... Yeah. They're a big band with a lot of members, and they all play various instruments. Um, but on here, uh, they lean a lot into like saxophone and piano and violins uh, in a way that's still kind of post-rocky, but also chamber pop. We'll get into it. Uh, Ants From Up There is the band's second studio album. Uh, seemingly their final album with frontman Isaac Wood, uh, who left the band only a few days before this album's release, citing his sadness and his mental health. Of course, we support that decision, and we wish him the best. Um, yeah. Ants From Up There dropped only a year after their debut album, called For the First Time, which was my number one album of the year for 2021. Mm-hmm. I uh, absolutely love that record. But do I love this new record? Yep. So yeah, what did you think? <laughs> Dude, I am so happy that um uh, we decided to talk about this one. Yeah. Because yeah. I like I I enjoyed their first album, but all of the like all of the issues that I had on that album, I think, like or or the reasons why it wasn't clicking for me totally clicked for me on this album god yes yes and i'm like blown away by this now yes and it's made me it's made me really want to just like revisit that project now and see what if if i was you know actually missing out on something because um i think the emotional core of this album is captured and expressed in an incredible way like this is this is such a a a well-structured and dynamic and just engaging album i I, um 
I'm blown away by this one. Nice. Honestly. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Like, I, uh, yeah, I, it, it was, it, it was kind of an aha moment for me. Like the second time I think I listened through to it. Cause the first time I, I really enjoyed it and I was like, I was like, Oh, this is, I think more of what I was wanting. And then the second time I listened through to it, I was like, holy shit, this is like <laughs> a real, like, yeah, this is a, a real effort here. So I'm, I'm loving this one. God, yes. God, I love to hear it. Um, you know, what you said about, you know, maybe going back to the first record and, you know, maybe you missed something. Maybe you missed something, maybe you didn't. But I think this record yeah. is significantly different from the debut stylistically. Uh, you know, famously on the, the first record, there's that lyric that references themselves as the world's second best slint, yeah. <laughs> slint tribute act. But now I think they're more of a uh, Arcade Fire tribute act or like a Neutral Milk Hotel yeah. tribute act, you know, something like that. Uh, like I said in the uh, intro, leans heavily on the sax and the piano and the strings, uh, which all of which were in the debut uh, record, except that uh, the, the debut leaned more so on kind of these rugged guitars and bass lines, uh, and especially this kind of klezmer uh, element on a couple of songs here. I didn't really expect this album to sound like this, even though I heard it was going to be more tender. Um, but, you know, I think there's something to be said about just how beautiful this album can sound sometimes Yeah. Uh, in this particular direction that they chose. When I first listened to this album, uh, it was it had just snowed a lot um and oh, i perfect yeah perfect and i uh couldn't drive anywhere but i really wanted to grab a coffee from like the nearby coffee shop so i walked to the coffee shop and this was before the sun came up i was up at like five thirty in the morning or whatever <laughs> so it was like dark outside there was oh, snow nice. on the ground and then especially moments like the, the stretch from, like, Haldern to Mark's theme, I was yeah. like, this is, like, the best, like, musical moment I'm going to have all year. Uh, so beautiful. Just the piano and the sax on those songs are just, like, super gorgeous. Um, so even, like you said, with this emotional core, there's a lot of emotion in the vocals, obviously, and in the vocal delivery, in the lyrics, but even just the instrumental moments are pretty evocative of emotion as well. And I think that's something yeah. this album gets totally right. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with you. The uh, Haldern I I wanted to point out too, like, mm -hmm. was such a surprise to me because it was just like the the piano line on there gave me such chills. Mm -hmm. It was the the Arcade Fire comparison was perfect because that's like that level of uh, just simple piano that evokes so much emotion out of you yep. is something that arcade fire used to do really really well and i don't think i've heard um an indie band really do it as good as they have until this track and uh and that and then like when it goes to the place where he inserted the oh, played best song on the album oh my yeah like this had me on the verge of tears at one point um nice. during that that three strong song stretch um it's uh, it's it's fantastic. I I'm so happy with with how this one came out. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're with me on Halder, and I think it's one of the more underrated songs. I guess as mm -hmm. far as this album goes, this album's getting you know it's number one on Rate Your Music. Uh, Fantano was close to giving it a ten. It, this is a very generally well acclaimed album, and uh, yeah, I, I think it deserves that. 
Um, I will say though, uh, you know, and this is, I, I will say this is my album of the year so far to this point, February 28th, 2022. Yeah. But I actually do prefer the debut still. Um, and I think part of that, yeah, I was wondering, you know, it's like, I love this album. I love listening to it. It's not quite hitting the same for me as their debut. And that was a record that I wanted to play back front to back, like immediately after I was done listening to it, I would always pick those songs to come up first. Like when I was in my car, you know, just driving somewhere, I'd throw on one of those songs almost immediately. That's not really happening this time. And I think part of that is, you know, this record I think is more focused stylistically, but in a way that also means it's a little more homogenous stylistically. Um, I find that a lot of the songs on here I'm liking for the same reasons, whereas a lot of the excitement for the debut album for me was, oh, Science Fair has this synth that came out of nowhere that I didn't expect because mm. nothing sounded like that prior to it. Or, oh, like track X sounds really cool because this is a much more tender moment than anything prior to that. And here, as much as I love it, and as much as this style is like right up my alley with the sax and the strings, uh, there's a lot of like, okay, it starts off slow, it builds, it adds the instrumentation, there's a big climax at the end, maybe a breakdown if it's a longer song. You kind of see where I'm maybe going I with see. that? Yeah. yeah. And I like that. I mean, this again, this is a great album. But it kind of it doesn't keep me on the edge of my seat as much as the debut did i see yeah Yeah. no that makes sense i think that for me it ends up working more um because i i think that like the more focused like element of it Mm -hmm. helps to really get out this really big cathartic moment in a track and I think that that's they're they're really good at that, and I think that they had plenty of moments of that on the first album too. But for me, like whenever, uh, like the disjointed nature of it, I think it just made it hard to have like this emotional response to it. Even though I could feel that there was something really deeply emotional about each track, mm-hmm. and on this one, it's like it's totally clicked for me on on the emotional response because it's so laid bare with this yeah slow progression up to some sort of you know climactic climactic moment um i i really appreciate that that structure that they did on this i think that they pulled it off too because they do have so much instrumentation i think mm-hmm. that uh focusing in on the saxophone and the piano as like the main theme of it for me i think it helps uh me have a a better emotional response to it because i have something to like anchor me you know Mm -hmm. yeah and i do like uh, the emotional aspect of this record i think hits harder because the lyricism this time around is more uh consistent thematically uh and by that I yeah and more point blank too like not there's not a lot of this this weird like vague lyricism that was on the first one i think yeah like on uh on concord he says uh something like i was made to love you can't you tell and he delivers it in a way that's like really sweet um (laughs) but it's like a direct lyric and uh and there's a lot of songs on here about uh kind of this emotional dependency 
Um, and it, a lot of songs are about that, but they're conveyed in different ways. Like Bread Song kind of does that through this metaphor of uh, pieces of a person being left behind a la breadcrumbs on a bed. Uh, mm-hmm. versus a song like The Place Where He Inserted the Blade is also about dependency, but it's kind of this him needing help with cooking. Um, and, yeah. yeah needing, and it's it's kind of like interesting routes to get to the same place, uh, which is kind of how I feel instrumentally as well, different routes to get to the same place. Um, yeah, I get, yeah, I see what you're saying. But I, I, I do think it's great. I like the lyricism a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I have to say about the uh, instrument or the uh, lyricism here. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, so you, yeah, we're you're, we're both appreciating the stronger elements of each album uh, mm-hmm. more than yeah, because I like I think this is definitely a more emotional album than the first, and the first one's a lot more instrumentally complex than this. Yeah, I think this is going to be yeah like a we. we are more or less agreeing on what we're saying, but we're ending up with different preferences just because of personal preference. I yeah, think. exactly. It's, yeah, it's kinda... that's that's pretty much how I feel about this one. Yeah, and it's it's weird because I, I look at this album and I'm listening to these songs, and every single song I'm like, oh, this song's great. Chaos Space, Machine, uh, Space Marine, this song's great. Concord, oh, yeah. this song's great. And then I kind of look back as a total package, and some of it kind of gets lost for me along the way. I don't know why, but in the moment, I'm like, "This is album of the year quality material." And then I, but I don't really think of this album as like an album of the year material type of album. It's just shy of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Like it'll likely be in my top ten by the end, but if it's my number one, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not even totally sure it's my number one right now. Um, okay. But it's, it, it's so, it is so good, and I think it deserves to be, you know, this sort of number one consensus among music fans right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. What did you think about? I guess we should maybe talk about uh, Isaac Wood's departure from the band. I don't know if you read the tweet or the message or anything. Um, yeah, I looked. I, I I looked a little bit into it. I mean, I'm totally in support of it. Yeah, and I think that if this is what they're going out on, uh, like, well, well done. Like, <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and having having the. Uh, debut album with this just having this two album package is uh good enough for me i mean yeah they have a legendary catalog with just these two releases so yeah th- um if even if they never decide to get back together um as long as it means that he's doing the right thing for his mental health and he starts to feel better um like the, the, he's got nothing to prove exactly we've gotten two records that with isaac wood arguably the best band making music right now at least of the bands that i've heard uh over the past couple of years um and so yeah like you said nothing left to prove and uh you know even without isaac uh the remaining members of this band are going to continue as black country new road from what i understand Okay. And that should still be pretty great, <laughs> given how great the instrumentation is on this record. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I, I obviously, you know, there wasn't even, like, 
a moment where I selfishly wanted him to stay with the band just because I like their music that much. I was kind of instantly like, oh, honestly, do you, man? And I think part yeah. of that is because we've gotten like so much great material uh, already. But uh, I mean, yeah, just do you, Isaac. Uh, yeah. Honestly, whatever you need to do, if that means never performing again or recording, you know, that's totally fine, you know. Uh, yeah, taking care of yourself is much more important than putting out more music for people. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that being said, like his his vocal performance on this and um, God, yeah, I, I think in context with everything too, like some of these tracks, like I think that's why the place where he inserted the blade uh just hit me so hard at one point i remember because i was like looking at all that stuff and um i you know i i struggle with my own issues with that stuff too so i mm -hmm. you know this resonated with me to some extent he's got his own experience too obviously but um it resonated with me and then like had like hearing this much passion and just like raw visceral energy with or uh, he's so exhausted sounding at the yeah. same time as feeling uh, uh like totally just uh like, like a like a cannon's going off basically <laughs> but he's you can you can hear the exhaustion in his voice all the time and um place where he inserted the blade was i think one of the most perfect examples of his vocal performance so you know even if this band goes on without him <clears throat> Uh, with this as like his, you know, if this is his final album with them, what a way to go out. I mean, like this is his vocal performance cannot be matched on on this one. I've, I'm I'm so impressed with with how he delivered what he delivered, you know. Yeah, no, well said. And I, I like the uh, juxtaposition of his vocals that are, you know, rugged. Uh, vibrato, yeah, not conventionally beautiful vocals, but contrasted with like often very conventionally beautiful instrumentation. I I love that mix, uh, for whatever reason. Um, yeah. But uh, oh my gosh, what was I gonna say? No, he's 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 just he's so great on this album, like all yeah. the way through. Uh, so yeah, it's such an it's such an authentic listen. You know, I I think that's. They're really not trying to be anything other than themselves on this album, and that's what I think really clicked for me. It's uh, it's just it's great. It's so unique and mm -hmm. so dynamic. I uh, yeah, even these comparisons I've made to other bands like this really it doesn't sound like anything. Like at the end of the day, they're you know I still get something different out of Arcade Fire or out of Neutral Milk Hotel than I do yeah. out of this record. Uh, it's just, it's super, it, it's just so different. Um, what it, I guess, so what's weird about this album structurally is there's 10 songs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an hour long. The first seven songs take up 30 minutes, and then the final three songs take up 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're kind of like building up to, uh, you know, this mammoth portion of the record uh, that closes the record. Um I I will say I think every song on here is good. You know, every single one. Most of them are I think are just great. Uh the last couple of songs, Snow Globes and Basketball Shoes, 
both of which I really like for the most part. I'm not sure that either earns their runtime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. Uh, I'm glad that you said this because it's. Uh, it's the one thing about this that. Oh really? Okay. Uh, honestly, I'm like, uh, if if this, like, uh, this might be uh, uh, a bit of a take, but Say for it. for me, if it wasn't for the runtime of these tracks, if they were a little bit more focused and mm. closed it out a little bit more succinctly, this would be a perfect album. Yeah, uh, yeah, I it, it, I would be, I would significantly enjoy this album more if uh, it, I'll use basketball shoes as an example. So it's the final song. Uh, it's like a twelve-minute uh-huh. song. Honestly, if you're asking me, it it takes a it, it takes a while for that song to get going, and yeah. uh, I think it's like five minutes of just instruments. I think, like, yeah, and, and like the first couple minutes of that are so quiet. I thought maybe my music had stopped. Yeah, uh, and it, it doesn't. I, I marked. Uh, it looks like six minutes and forty seconds in uh, when he says, "Like I can't think of anything better." Uh, that to me is when the song gets going, and that's mm-hmm. nearly like seven minutes in. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's a very good song once you get to that point. Uh, aside from this like weird f- lyric about Charlie XCX or whatever that is. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which like it's been revised and they've revised their lyrics before, and, and we talked about it the last time we talked about this band. Uh, and yeah. I'm still good with a band changing their lyrics. I'm still okay with that. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's like a self censorship thing or whatever. But uh, I don't think they changed this lyric enough. Uh, in my opinion, it still reads off as like him having a wet dream about Charlie XCX specifically. And for whatever reason, because it's about a specific person, that kind of rubs me the wrong way, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like best case scenario, it's kind of cringe, and then worst case scenario, it's gross. But that said, aside from that, that final two minutes is pure arcade fire, uh, like mm-hmm. passionate outro even the backing vocals on that remind me a lot of uh, Regine. Um, yeah. It's a chill-inducing moment. It's total funeral. Total funeral. Yeah, it's yeah. total. It's so perfect, uh, aside, yeah. aside from maybe what he's saying in, in that particular moment. But it's like <laughs> yeah. that climax is so awesome. But the 10 minutes to get there, I'm not sure we needed yeah. that. And that 10 minutes is like one-sixth of this album. You know, that that's kind of one way I've looked at this too. Um and Snow Globes, similarly, a good song, but I, again, it's a nine-minute song, which isn't inherently bad, but I don't think it earns the nine minutes because it, it takes a while for it to actually get interesting. Yeah, you know, like, I honestly don't even know why, like, they... <laughs> I, the, the tracks are not bad, but, like, they could have closed this out with the place where he inserted the blade and i think it's like yeah. that would have been a, a perfect closer track already absolutely it's, that one like the energy that they spend um getting up to these emotional moments is so perfectly executed on that track already like 
I feel exhausted by the end of it almost already. (laughs) So then you got like 20 minutes left of, yeah, kind of meandering instrumentation. And it's like a nice encore, but I'm like, I'm not... I'm, that's not the part that I'm really like talking about, honestly, whenever I'm talking about how great this album makes me feel. That part is just like, oh, this album's still going after I've had my whole thing, you know? I'm glad we're in a similar spot on this because yeah. sometimes I think I'm guilty of looking at a track list and seeing that a song is like 12 minutes long and instantly kind of gut thinking, oh, this is like one of the best songs of the year <laughs> anytime this is a 12 minute song how oh, can yeah. it yeah it, this has got to be the most epic song on here and after more thought i actually don't think it is i kind of thought about my favorite tracks uh just overall um in no order they would include chaos space marine concord goodwill hunting and haldern uh oh and the place where he inserted the blade obviously but uh you know, I, I would have expected basketball shoes to be in there, but it's it's not. It, it's got some... And I think the concision of something like the place where he inserted the blade, which is still seven minutes, but it knows when to restrain yeah. itself. Like, you you use the word meandering. I think that's a great word. It doesn't uh, waste your time, you know, in, yeah. in a sense. Um, but uh, some of this is nitpicking. Again, I really love this album in general. I think it's great. Uh, in many ways, this album, like instrumentally, is made just for me with the buildups, the that's sax, true. the yeah, strings. That's true. <laughs> it, we already knew I loved this band. You know, it, it's just there's a little bit that isn't quite hitting with me, uh, which means I prefer the debut. But of course, I prefer the debut. It was my number one record of last year. You know, that shouldn't be yeah. my expectation that every album this band puts out is going to be my number one album of the year. Um, I would expect to like it, and I do, but not every album has to be the album of the year to be great. And this is a great album. Yeah, no, that's, that, that, is, that is a great way to put it, yeah. That's, it's funny because, yeah, like you said, this is a instrumentally totally like made for someone with your <laughs> totally uh, is. taste too <laughs> but i would i would say like um emotionally uh speaking and like structurally speaking this is exactly what i look or want hmm. like from an album too like not that you can't appreciate that yeah. either but like and vice versa yeah right yeah, it's just like this is this is the kind of stuff that I gravitate towards a lot of time, and I think that's what's great about uh, an album like we'd already mentioned, Funeral, mm-hmm. which is pretty similar in a lot of ways to this. It's like uh, that album, and I think this album too are like such perfect complementary um, styles, like to those two things. You know, it it, it really blends together the ecstatic and like over the top just really joyful instrumentation with very hard hitting and uh exhausting lyricism and and subject matter Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i i just thought that that was kind of that was kind of interesting that yeah, I think this is the uh, the early pick for our combined album of the year. You know, kind of. When I we... would be surprised if there was another one that 
Yeah, <laughs> maybe another backwash album comes out or something, but uh, or yeah. clipping yeah, or something. True, yeah. <laughs> that's usually what happens. But clipping this... backwash now, Black Country, New Road. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is this is certainly the uh, the early pick here. Um, it, you know, it was a meme for a while when uh, Car Seat Headrest Teens of Denial came out because they people were calling it like the next funeral, like oh, this is the next funeral, and that that phrase just kind of. Yeah, this actually might be the next funeral. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> this, this is this is yeah. more of that. This yeah, yeah, it has that memorability to it hey, and that real it. just yeah. <laughs> no teens of denial slander on this podcast. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and you know, honestly, this album kind of reminds me of a uh, car seat headrest a little bit too, just like in the catharsis of it. Um, not necessarily stylistically, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is a great. Yeah great yeah. album yeah i think this is more appropriate for that that term though because uh funeral has this untouchability to it yeah and this one has that that sense of like how could you not like this yeah this is one of those like moment albums for mm. lack of a better term right like if somebody told me they didn't like teens of denial i'm not really <laughs> right. that curious i'm like oh i mean that makes sense carsey headrest not for everybody right as much as but, i love that album i totally see it yeah whereas this this is like this is almost on that like blonde to fetch the bolt cutters t-pet like just in terms of like yeah this is going probably going to be the consensus album of the year by the end and we're yeah. in february you know what I mean? yeah yeah i would agree with that yeah it's so crazy and i guess just to wrap up my portion i i love this album i love how beautiful and tender this album is uh compared to their debut uh but i that's also kind of a double-edged sword because i miss a lot of what i loved about the debut uh I guess in terms of the surprise ability, I think this record is maybe a little more, slightly more predictable, uh, and that's uh, holding me back a little bit. Um, it, it's funny because I, as much as I love this style and these, the grandeur of this album, mm -hmm. it's kind of weird that like one of my favorite songs on here, maybe my favorite song behind like the place where he inserted the blade is Goodwill Hunting, which is as kind of as straightforward rock as this album mm -hmm. gets. Um, of course, it's in their style, or Billie Eilish style. Yeah, <laughs> there we go, there we go. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it's weird that I find myself kind of gravitating toward that as opposed to a song like Bread Song, which is great, but also that Bread Song, I think, belongs more into this new direction they've done, uh, which I like. It's just, I have complicated feelings about this album, but I still love it. Mm -hmm. I keep kind of going back and forth between an 8 and a 9. I want to give it a 9, but I keep thinking maybe it should be an 8. That kind of means it should probably be an 8. Uh, so I'm going to yeah. go with that. Uh, but it's like an 8.8, 8.9. This album's fucking awesome. Go listen to it. It's great. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that this one clicked for me. Yeah, and nice. It's... I'm glad it did. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm I I have such a newfound respect for this band, and uh, yeah, I, even without Isaac, I, I'm I'm excited to see where they go if they decide to keep going. Because yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> haven't had this, um, like, level of um, just, like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> what I wanted, like, out of, like, one of these indie albums like this. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time. It's been yeah. quite a while since I've had this. Yeah, like, it, it kind of an indie darling, like, yeah, that everyone's hyping up, and it actually lives up to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that. Like I mean, I remember the first time you showed me Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, was, that was one of those moments. Yeah, that was a great moment on the balcony of the or uh, whatever you want to call that. The, the yeah, por- the yeah, porch. that was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. great. That was honestly great. Yeah, this is this is one of those moments of like, you know, it, just uh, hearing it and just immediately almost being like, holy shit, I I'm yeah. gonna remember this one. Yeah. And I'm gonna keep going back to this one for a while. So awesome! I'm so I'm so happy that this. You know, I, I, I'm just I'm very pleased with this. I like I said, I, I do agree with you about the last two tracks. I think that they make for a solid encore. If you were in like a concert or something, it's like, but even then, it, it's a little long. Like, yeah, I don't need know if we need to be here for twenty minutes, but. What they accomplish on the most of the album, mm-hmm. um, up until or the previous eight tracks, I guess, is so significant that like I really they could play anything they wanted for the last two tracks, and I'd still be blown away by it. Yeah, you know, it's it's still amazing. So I I have to give it a, a nine out of ten. Yeah, but this is this is one of the most excited I've been about a nine uh in quite a while god yes yes upset of the year patrick uh given a higher score to a black country new road album uh, yeah than me i would have thought yeah i believe i went nine and you went seven last time i believe so uh yeah uh, i was like hater yeah <laughs> yeah I, it, it's bad because i feel like i'm kind of a hater this time around even though it's like again like my favorite but it's just because the fan reception has deservedly been so great to this album. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you had that level of like, oh my God, like on the first Right, uh, I was like, album, holy so shit. This is my, my first holy shit moment with these guys. Yeah, just that kind of like, who the hell is this band? What am I listening to right now? Like that's, that's kind of, I think how you feel about this one, I felt about the last one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I and I had a hard time connecting with the last one. So oh, there you go. And yeah. uh, and uh, God, I mean, they they might be the best band in the world, like I said. And uh, the quietest one member at the quietest said that they were the best band in the world back in 2018 before they put a record out. Sheesh, uh, that's and a- <laughs> and you know, like that's a hot take, but you, you know, maybe they were right. So, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, Go quietest. Yeah, classic quietest. You know what the classic quietest too? I'm actually gonna look this up while we're here. Uh, but I mean, God, this the thing about the the quietest, and I love the quietest. I visit it like all the time. Yeah. But I mean, saying that a band might be the best band in the world, two albums or two songs into their career, they had like Athens, France, and uh, Sunglasses <laughs> out. That's all they had out, and they said this is the best band in the world <laughs> kind of classic quietus then what's great yeah. about this now that i've looked this up they haven't even reviewed ants from up there 
that is that is the classic right that there. is as quiet as it gets I, uh god no they're they don't need to anymore they're they're like oh well, we already told you that <laughs> we told you they were the best band we're done with them now that's yeah they're, they're old hat at this point we're past them now yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's looking like this is my album of the year right now. It's looking like it's your album of the year right now. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, maybe some more album of the year contenders next time, uh, next month when we do the uh, quarter one recap. Yes. Podcast. Um, really excited for that one. But just kind of a, a brief. Uh, recap here uh mitski laurel hell we averaged a six and a half out of ten on that uh rollo tomasi washington uh with every time baby it's right every single time <laughs> where myth becomes memory uh we had a seven out of ten and then uh black country new road um ants from up there uh we averaged an eight and a half on it um, but really more like a eight point nine or or something. We might our average might actually be a nine. I'm so close to it. Um, yeah. God, what a fantastic record! Glad we could close out on that one on a on a record that took uh, maybe more time to talk about just because of everything going on. But uh, yeah, yeah, s- save it for last. I I think that's that's good. Uh, yeah. Patrick, thank you for joining me on this pod. Yeah, dude, always great, great stuff. Um, Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.